In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in August of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Welcome, Mickey Weems. Donna, I just got to say, you got the prettiest voice. Oh, thank you. I just know what you're saying. I said, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Catch me on Audible. (laughs) (laughs) Catch me on Edible. Oh, there you go. That was last time, by the way. Never the two. Never the two at the same time. New. Um. So let's get, how are you doing? How are you doing physically right now? I was doing pretty rough earlier. I went to the gym. The, the gym is becoming more and more of a challenge. I am noticeably getting weaker, um, which, but I can still lift. Okay. So I'm not going to look upon that as a negative. I'm just going to look upon it as a marker. Um, but it's, bizarre because the weaker i get physically the stronger i feel spiritually and so this glow that you all are mentioning about me right now i think is part of that i mean and caffeine but um (laughs) yeah i mean it's becoming palpable and eventually when i figure things out i'll come up with some rules of how to handle that energy because as we know we've discussed this in previous podcasts it doesn't always express itself in a serene manner i wouldn't even say about like a a, a bad manner it, it's it's not always serene it, it can be disruptive and perhaps there's something good about the disruption um in one case where my spirit left me we, we have already talked about that right in, in prior podcasts Uh, when your spirit left you yeah when my spirit leaves and wanders and causes crap uh yeah but yes we've we've introduced it okay yeah so okay thank you james um um i i attributed it to a negative thing that i was a malevolent force within me that i needed to handle this last episode i realized that my uhane my spirit was actually looking for advice. And I mentioned that to you a a, a couple of days ago, Donna, that, okay, if my spirit went and disrupted your life and got your dog all upset because it was wanting advice, what was it, why did it go to you and what was it asking? And I figured it out. This, 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 I think is possibly the reason you had been through psychotic episode with medication before. And I don't know how my spirit knew to go to you, but that's why it did it i think honestly that's why it did it. and so it basically it showed you what i was going through but of course that gets interpreted by you into your own history rather than mine interesting so instead of showing me me getting mad at my friend and doing all those heinous things you know talking bad to him you 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 did it within your own terms of people that were in your life which makes a a, a lot of sense to me I mean, from what I've said, a lot of what I what I what I go by is what I've experienced in Condomble, the African religion that has very very real contact with spirits, and also with the dead. If that happens too, mm. uh, yeah, I definitely. That's interesting. I have definitely had times in my life when there mm. that made me recognize this is not my voice. This yeah. these are not my thoughts. What is this? Because I've 
had it happened before that there was interference in my life. And one time was um, a drug that I had post-surgery that gave me very dark thoughts. And I guess that helped solidify that those are not my thoughts that where, where I am normally. So that's interesting. Do you feel like you are reaching out to more people now as time goes on? Well, so far it's happened to two. And so there was one person who's a friend of mine on Twitter who I did not know at the time was the psychic. Mm-hmm. She contacted me, said she had this dream and she asked me what the dream meant. She's a psychic and she's asking me. Okay. And she's never asked me about anything like that before. And I listened to it and my, and, and, and the response within me was the same with you. Oh, holy shit. I'm at it again. Something in me is doing this. So I, I said that to her and she immediately responded about the way a friend loves me so much that the idea of me dying is tearing him up. And that's what she was gonna, that, that's what was attributing this, this horrible feeling that I had. Um, and, and difficulties between us that we were having friction and, and he didn't even know it. So when I was able to tell him later on, I said, okay, this, this is what the psychic told me. What do you think? And he said, I'd never thought of that before. So I'm supposing it was working on a level where he was not conscious of it. Hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense to you guys or not, but um, I'm getting to the point. And it, it also happened during Lunar Vibes, that absolutely amazing weekend that I was kind of making fun of because it's all touchy feely and crystals and, you know, so, so, was it sound, so, so the, the bars, the, the bowls that you make noise with. Oh, singing bowls. The singing bowls. I go, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Which to me, please forgive me for being so critical of my own kind, but it looks to me like a bunch of white people appropriating everything. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> It was working. I mean, the energy levels at this at this at this oh, thing yeah. were off the hook. It was also fire dancers, which is incredible energy all by itself, <clears throat> and that amped me up, and that caused issues with me and somebody because my energy was interfering with his his attempts to try to contact with the earth. He said, "I can detect you coming from a mile away," and it was very disruptive to what I was trying to do. But neither of us knew how to handle it. We did not know what was going on. So that's, that's the sort of thing I'm learning about is how to keep that, those energies, well, not necessarily how to keep them under control at this point, how to understand what they're doing. We are not, I have never been accustomed to looking for a deeper meaning in things and looking for anything outside of the known world. And you just are, you're in a different place in your life literally now. Uh, so it's been amazing to me ever since you started saying, I don't know, several weeks ago, that you feel like you are more in touch um, with the other side. You're more and more spirits are revealing themselves to you. So if it's a, if it's all brand new territory that you're is you're just pioneering now. Oh, is that difficult to not have the answers to just have to question? Well, sometimes it's difficult when the reality of it shows that I am hurting people I love. And it's something that I have to get over because I am dying and I'm going to hurt a lot of people that I love. 
Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm gonna hurt everybody I love um, who's in this world. Um, and so I've got to become really cognizant of that so that when people don't wanna to talk to me or they say, I can't be near you now, that I understand and say, you know, I got you on this one. And it's something I think that for our audience, that it's, some, it's part of our reality that because we, we are painful, we hurt people just by being around them. I mean, there's no choice, but that it's not an insurmountable thing. We can work through it. Sorry, guys. No, <laughs> this is such apologize. a thing for me right now. So forgive me. Yeah. Here's a couple things. Uh, I appreciate you going into this. A couple things, though, that I invite you to think about is that sure. that pain is also beautiful because it is born of love. It is. It's not coming from, there's no malice <laughs> in your leaving. There's nothing that you can control <laughs> about it. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah. So the pain I've, I've lost family members, people very, very dear to me, and it is hard to move through. And it is also a singular kind of beauty that I am also grateful for. So you are going to be giving that gift to people also. The only, the only solace I have is that all of us will go through it. It's kind of, you know, this kind of a bad way to feel you know, solace but you know still that it but it is something that we will all do but I don't think that because we're so disparate it's hard for us to think that we go through it together but I think bottom line when you look at the undercurrent of our existence we all do go through it together it's just we don't realize it and since we have lost touch with each other so much because of the way the modern life is. And I'm not gonna say that that's necessarily a bad thing because there's all this good that comes from it as well, from our modern societies. I'm not gonna trash the advances we've made and just the technologies and the social structures that we've come up with, but they come with a price. And one of the prices is, is our individualism, which I am 100% for, uh, creates this sense of isolation that is actually not based on fact. We are not that isolated. And the sooner we come to realize that, I think the happier we will be. Hmm. That Do you mean that even though like we just went through a couple of years of pandemic and a lot of us have necessarily sent, spent time in isolation, losing in that losing track, lo losing consciousness of the fact that even though you don't see people, we are still very, very much connected. The tragedy of those couple of years, because I could have been one of the victims of that. Uh, the tragedy of it was that people died alone. You hear heard about it all the time in the COVID wards. People dying, nobody around there. The nurse might be there with a glove on and masks and touching, holding their hands. That's a pretty, that's the best we could do. And that was the best we could do. It's just like what happened with the Ebola crisis. People could not be around the people that they loved because we kill them, right? And our survival as a species has to overrule everything. Uh, and I'm a firm believer in that. So um, I think what that did, I see the energy on the dance floor now as compared to pre-COVID. It is off the hook. Yeah. It is 
it, it, it's got its own new energy because we missed each other. We missed the contact. We missed everything about it. And I think we've come back gentler. Mm. At least that's what I sense. Maybe that's what, maybe I did. And so I'm, I'm kind of projecting it on everybody else. But I think, I think honestly that, that, that it's, well, what do you guys think? I'd like to hear your opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think that we, um, I think we're still digesting everything that has happened to us, frankly, since 2016. I think we're, it's going to take us a very long time to process what we as a collective nation of people have been through during this time. And I mean, when you look back at like Facebook memories pop up and I look at where I was two years ago and what we were thinking and what we were doing, it's crazy. I was staring down the barrel of holiday without my family. Uh, James, do you, uh, how do you feel about where we are in our evolution of COVID life? Well, you know, I was, I was personally traveling right before everything locked down with COVID. And I did a bit of traveling earlier this year and uh, kind of through 2022. And I will agree with what Mickey was saying that people do seem a little nicer. Um, Not that people were mean or, or rough before COVID, but definitely picking up more of a sense of friendliness or a sense of community. Um, I know in the news, we have all these stories of people kind of berating people who are wearing masks or people who are taking extra precautions, but that's nothing that I've encountered kind of being on the road, hopping between cities. Um, I've I've seen uh, a lot of kindness and brotherhood in these recent months. And uh, I don't know if that's different in different parts of the country. I don't know if that was different in 2021. But uh, I agree with Mickey. I feel like we're coming out of it with more of a sense of camaraderie. Susan? You know, it's, it's been just a strange journey in the sense that, you know, I, I tend to be a, a fairly private and easily contented person on my own, I guess. I go to movies by myself. I don't know if that explains anything, but <laughs> that kind of person. But um, it, it is what's been wild is the passage of time. And I feel like that's been unif- un- uniform across anybody that I've talked with that you felt like you almost skipped an entire, even though it's been two years we've been kind of dealing with, but like a one year that just went completely away where yep. you blur the two. And that's been so surreal. And I think while maybe I fared psychologically a little better in the sense that I, I, I like certain privacies and, and the things that I tend to do tend to be more private, I, I um, losing time, losing that time has been a really interesting thing and, and a difficult thing to reconcile. And also because I have a son who had to do the remote learning and had to do virtual judo, which was not fun, <laughs> you know, um, things of that nature, you know, you just you see also through his experiences, like, hey, can I go to the park? Hey, can I see a friend? You know, and I'm promoting digital gaming like I never would have before because I'm like, oh, you can talk to your friends on your headset at least, you know. So I do think we're emerging from it. And I do have a hopefulness that it's in a, in the, in a loving direction like that, that Mickey and James have felt too. Um, but that lost time is strange. And I think it makes us appreciate time and appreciate mm. each other when we, when we realize the significant events or milestones or moments that kind of slip by and we blur them with, with others. And it, uh, 
anyway, it's, uh, yeah, I think we appreciate, I hope we have that deeper appreciation from it. I, I definitely believe that we do. Go ahead. I think of the poignant moments, and I mean poignant in the sense of being slightly sad as well, but rich in the way that you mentioned, Donna, that, that within the sadness and within sorrow, there can also be a richness and, in a, and a celebration, I would say, too, that life continues, that, that life is strong, that life is not just limited to this life. Um, I remember knowing that I would not see the family for Christmas, knowing that I would not see them for New Year's and feeling so happy that I had the strength of mind to do this out of love for them and knowing that they felt that too, that they, that, you know, that I'm doing this for them and they get it and they love me for it. And so the, the, the intangibles were becoming very, very clear to me at that point. I remember because I had just gotten over COVID at New Year's and I could, I did not feel right about going out. And because it was so prevalent last New Year's, I didn't want to go out because then I thought, okay, I could bring this home to our kapuna, to our elderly, right? So a friend of mine was walking through the After Hours Club with his camera and showing me everything that the club had just opened. Uh, I said, here's what's going on. Here's what's over here. Here's this DJ. The DJs would wave and say hi. Um, this, this, the, the regret that I felt of not being there, because I was dancing at the same time in my living room. Um, but just that those memories are precious to me. Um, maybe because the lockdown had its moments of solidarity of nobility. Mm. Well, it's amazing to hear you say that because if it hadn't been for the lockdown, if it hadn't been for the pandemic, <clears throat> you might've gone to the doctor earlier. Oh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, that that, uh, that is so beyond it's like epictetus says what do you have what's under your control and what is not that was so beyond my control i don't even that doesn't doesn't make a blip oh man I, that's amazing i think i would i would maybe i would have already worked through the bitterness about it but i certainly would have felt it to some extent yeah bitterness is not what i feel not not a single bit that's awesome why um Things happen. Yeah. Huh. I and believe so, you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, I think that that is one of the things when we, we, we talk about lost time and uh, I, yeah, I feel like I, although uh, I'm a social introvert, so I was in my heyday alone in my apartment. <laughs> uh, it was a great time for me. Um, not so much for a lot of other people, but, but I think, uh, we can blithely talk about what we lost in social engagements and that sort of thing. It, it put you in a very different place in your life right now. It did. All the and I'm, and actually I'm, I'm one reason why I'm okay with it is the, this has been one of the best things to ever happen to me. What? Say that again. Yeah. This, the cancer and being stage four is one of the best things that ever happened to me because everything just lined up. Everything made sense. Everything does make sense. Everything kicked up to a higher level of consciousness than I've ever had. Mm. And I am, I am loving life. There's a quote from Frank Herbert in his Dune series, 
where the god emperor of dune who is slowly transforming into a giant worm thing he falls in love he falls in love with a young woman who he can have no relationships with because his body has already gone way beyond that he no longer has the equipment to do that so one of the things he says is how sweet these last sips of humanity are and i feel that and it is sweet and it could not be that way if my circumstances were different that's powerful did you read um john irving's a prayer for owen meany are you familiar i did with that story i did i liked yeah. it better than yeah, that, yeah, now, now you think of it, because he also wrote uh, Forrest no, not Forrest Gump, he also wrote, um, um, Bonky Bit Garp, World According to Garp? Yes, World According to Garp, right? Yeah. Uh, I read both of those, and I, I think I like the prayer for, for Meanie better. Oh, yeah. Hotel New the, Hampshire is really good, too, but yeah, prayer for own Meanie is my favorite. <laughs> well, the, the scene of the nativity scene? That, oh. was, that, that was hilarious God, the humor and the heartache and that but anyway you know where okay, anyway. i'm going with this that yeah. owen meany was born for his demise because mm -hmm. of the, the strength that he had gained in his life and i don't want to it's such an excellent book i don't want to give it away for anyone yeah, i don't want to give away the plot yeah. yeah but he was um what, what were trials and tribulations all had purpose and we only have a minute left but we're going to continue that conversation uh, may, may i add I something yeah i do not believe the trials and tribulations have purpose i believe that we can make them have purpose hmm. i see a difference there oh yeah well that okay we'll definitely have to explore that because i mean i grew up being taught about predestination and no choice in the matter but i don't believe that i also don't believe that everything has a purpose yeah <laughs> period <laughs> okay okay well thank you very much boy did we open up a can of worms we're definitely gonna um have to continue this conversation another time thank you so much mickey no problem aloha aloha I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying.